Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. So, uh, <laughs> our project is really moving full speed. What is ahead. our project? What is our project, uh, just in case we have a new listener now? The development project. So, we're an architecture firm, um, we're a design firm, all that, but a build firm. So, the, we bought a piece of land, it's into the city for site plan review. And I was talking to one of the other developers, uh, and he mentioned uh, because we might do something cool, a couple. Another developer that we Client? Work, okay. Client. <clears throat> because. A couple episodes when we mentioned, oh, they might put solar panels up there, right? Mm-hmm. So you need a condo uh, declaration, a condo map. Yeah. So I got some more information on that, and he sent me an example, and I go, well, can uh, we just want to draw this up? But I looked in the, the state statute. So what it is, basically, is think about a plot map, you know, for just uh, laying out different housings, right? It's just saying like a, like a parcel land. map. Par- yep. Yep. Uh, it, it's one for your building. So it just does the outlines of the units. That's it. So we could draw it. But the Colorado State statutes say that a uh, surveyor has oh, to do it. Oh, that government telling you what to do, Al. Right. So there's that. And then they said what's more important is the condo declaration. Okay. And that has to go, like, I go, the lawyer will probably make that up. And yes, he yes. will. And he reiterated. Have I emailed you that lawyer, by the way? I haven't no. emailed you. God, no, no. just the worst business partner. Yeah. And then uh, the... I won't name his name, but the, so I was talking to the guy that's my age, but the, the older guy was there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, you're doing a in-house real realtor. And I go, kind of, <laughs> uh, and he goes, okay, you got to find one that's good with doing the contract your way. He goes, because some aren't, some would just want to use the regular Colorado, you know, like the regular form. And that's what, so we both mean you have used different realtors. That's what the realtor that I know said is like, ah, you'll scare some off. If you use this other one, right? So the realtor's per- perspective is that they want to use the one that they're familiar with. Right. The developer perspective is no, do not let them do that. Right. Because not only just for liability and stuff like that. And I go, and I, I just said offhand, like, especially in today's economy, like, you know, if they don't like it, they don't have to get it. There'll be someone next in line. Yep. He goes, yeah, but more importantly, you maybe don't want those people. Those might be the people that you know, might cause, cause problems and cause the most stink. The ones that want to make sure, you know, so I was like, it was just reinforcement that if you're doing a development, you know, get with a lawyer, you know, write your own contract. It's going to, I mean, they have obviously a, a template that they go off. Right. And there's going to be language that overlaps and all of that, but, yeah. but, but it needs to be curtailed specifically to your project to kind of, to cover your butt. And they said, you can talk to you, your agent and have them say, you know, review it and, you know, maybe there's a little give and take or, you know, something like that. To- totally fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the new news. And that's a little bit of peeling back the onion because we never deal with condo maps. We never deal with condo decoration pages. How did you, and- how did you, for, so if it, somebody else is listening to this and they want to go to their own state's website and understand if they can or cannot draw it themselves, where yeah. did you go? Dora? Well, I just Googled. I just Googled, you know, uh, condo decoration or condo condo maps, 
and it came up in the state statutes again. So if your state has statutes, so two ways in Colorado that these state statutes have come up is that you need accessibility points. Like if you're doing yep. over seven units, so Colorado state statute, I think it's chapter nine is that. Yeah. So there's probably a Minnesota state statute. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, um, man, maybe we should ask the entree architect community if they all have, you know, if all the states have these, these even more rules on top of more rules, not just the international building code, not just the local building code, but then state statutes that they have to look at too. And we really don't have to deal with them too much besides in these two areas that we found. I, I have a tangential story and I think about it. I thought yeah. I didn't have anything to talk about. So, uh, I, I normally I show up on Friday uh, as early as I can to the office. But, which uh, is 10 today. <laughs> which is 10 today, exactly. But the reason I was it was 10 today is because, so I had I left my home office, slash home, uh, at 7.30. I ran to DIA, the, the airport, yep. because I've been called in to be an expert witness. For the Illuminati. For the, <laughs> for the Illuminati. In, in a civil lawsuit against the, uh, against the state. And, you know, I can't name names or anything like that. But did you know that the state technically, they, they have it written, there was a, there was a, some court case that came up, I think in the nineties down in Colorado Springs that says, um, you can't, uh, you can't sue the state uh, on a, pu- for a public, for, a, um, unless it's a public building. So unless it's an actual public building. So like if you got, if you tripped and fell, let's say in the ca- inside the Capitol building, maybe because they weren't, they didn't upkeep like a railing. Or, or, or a marble piece, marble floor was too high. Yep, yep. Or like there was un, it was an unpainted or unmarked, uh, like ADA ramp or something like inside the building, right? Yeah. Can't sue, or you, you can. Then you, then you could file a lawsuit. Okay. Because you're the public allowed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. However, <clears throat> they're very clear about what is a building. Well, they, <laughs> they, they made it so what is a building and what is not is a very gray line. So, like a parking structure, they don't call, they say it is not a building. Is it a structure? Yes, it's a structure, but it's not a building, and therefore it's not, it's not, uh, it's not up for grabs if you wanted to do a, if you wanted to put it, you know, have a civil lawsuit against them. So, guess what definition they use what? of what is a building? The definition in the Webster Dictionary, not the definition from the International Building Code. Oh, nice. What's what's that definition? The Webster, the Webster Building. Yeah. One? Oh gosh, okay. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to like talk while I do this. Uh, Webster Webster definition for just uh, do Dixon. Yeah. Building <laughs> definition. There it is. Webster's definition of a building. One second. Okay. Uh, come on, building. Yeah, 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 perfect. Definition of a building. Usually roofed and Usually. Nice. A good. Not 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 the IBC, not any other thing that's been vetted because it's a- specifically by this profession. It's General Webster. Well, this is why they're calling me in as an as a quote unquote expert witness, which is kind of exciting. So uh, for me anyway. I mean we're getting paid for it. Uh, so a usually roofed and walled structure built for permanent use. As for a dwelling, so and then and then the second definition, oh. and they're they're only using number one though, so I don't even read the second one. So you see how it's not. So you see how you could you could argue then because you're not dwelling in in that. 
But but my what I what I say is like yeah that's that's a layman's term about what is a building. I think we're I think we're looking for okay what is a, what is, what is somebody who makes buildings aka an architect or designs them what do they define as it because yeah. like think about it, if you if you put the drawings into if, or when you submit the drawings for for review right you're going you have to it, there's a code that governs it which is the international building code so wouldn't you go to the international building code and say here's the definition of what a freaking well, building is and then maybe maybe you can do a little catch twenty two or whatever where um, there's a general rule somewhere, probably in the state statutes, and I almost guarantee it's in there, is that you must use the strictest um, code regulation. So we, we just had a code discussion with a code official in, in Idaho, and it said, okay, this IBC says, you know, in Chapter 4, says in Chapter 5 says this, in Chapter 7 says this, what's stricter, right? Yep. So in this profession, uh, you need to go to what the stricter, more precise definition the more is. the most restrictive code yep and, yep. and it, tangentially speaking i'm sure you could say the same about the medical community if, if there was some definition of something in the webster dictionary but then you asked a cancer scientist you know like oh yeah what he said is right not what webster said right <laughs> like come right. on right so uh, i can't go to lecture next week because i'll be in court just so you know <laughs> what what day because i just got a text <laughs> about thursday. thursday morning ah you just text can i can we move the meeting to the morning. Are we just doing, I guess, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about this on air. <laughs> the Revit. Yeah, yeah, you're just doing cabin stuff. Anyway, maybe me. so, so yeah. that was my short little story. It's weird. It's weird. So we'll see how this works out because I tried to be an expert witness, I think, six months ago I got a call. Uh, you, you, and by the way, you can put yourself, you can put your name in a database. Did you know that like there's, there's services out there that, so you could upload your resume as an architect and say what kind of buildings you've done and then like people will ask you to be expert witnesses. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I wouldn't do it if it was, I wouldn't do this if it was uh, like against in a, another architect. I feel like that would be wading in waters and just starting to burn bridges and, you know, cause bad blood in the industry and stuff like that. But since it's against the state, well, more, more power to me. Yeah. And hmm. the it, it, it's always weird because, it just depends on how much you want a lawyer. And maybe you should look at it and see if it's legit, if you even want to do it, you know? So if it was a, I like your rule, not against other architects, but two, if it's just a bull, some BS lawyer nonsense. Oh, then, exactly. Yeah. 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 If you just, yeah. Cause and you, you have, you obviously have the opportunity to read through it, you know, if somebody contacts you and says they want you to be an expert, expert witness. Yeah. All right. And with that, uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, one of Al's best buddies. Yes, so it's uh, Caleb Huseman. He's a PhD, doctor, uh, political science, been my best friend, I don't know, since middle school maybe? Uh, I think we met in middle school, maybe high school. So we'll see what he has to say. Oh, he's an author. Uh, yeah, check out his book, right? Yep. Uh, interiors and Exteriors. I'll put a link. Isn't I should know I read it. Isn't Exteriors and Interiors? Yeah, I made the cover. It's pretty <laughs> sweet. <laughs> so if you go to Amazon, you can, you can get a hold of that book, Yeah, right? I'll put it in the show notes. It's pretty awesome. Okay, here we go. Hey, this is Caleb Hoosman. Best advice I've ever been given, don't be afraid to fail or some version of that. Um, there's a ton of awesome quotes. Uh, my dad has certainly said it to me a million times. My wife has said it to me a million times. And it's definitely the most important lesson I can possibly think of. Um, basically, it's my entire approach to life is fuck it, give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? You fail, and you're no worse off than you were before. 
So don't be afraid to fail. I'm shocked at how many people don't try things because of that simple fear of failure. Worst advice I've ever been given is wait for inspiration to strike. What a load of crap. Inspiration doesn't strike just out of the blue like lightning. Inspiration comes from sitting down at the keyboard and typing for hours or sitting down at the drafting table and drawing or going out to the practice field and practicing over and over again. You don't get inspired sitting around waiting for it to happen. You get inspired by attempting to come up with something great and eventually something does through hard work and perseverance. So yeah, that's it. Thanks, Caleb. Um, I thought that was great. The first one, I think it does bear repeating. Don't be afraid to fail. It's come up before. And I think in the modern age... uh, Is that what we're in? Yeah, yeah. Well... Everything's on Facebook. Everything's public, yeah. right? So I think people are maybe even more afraid to fail. You know, oh, what if I depression happens or recession happens and I lose my house and I put a picture of it on the Facebook. Now I don't have it. One, you don't have to put it like you don't have to publicize your failures. <laughs> and two, I especially in architecture, I've known many people and people, even big developers, failed, lost absolutely everything gone down to zero i wish oh. i could i wish i knew all the quotes that are in my head but isn't there a quote where you're like uh i can't remember what on what maybe it was um some 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 book that i feel like you and i have read where they say if you're an entrepreneur uh you should you should try because if you fail before 40 you have enough time to restart or something yes. like that haven't you heard that before yep what am i trying yes. to say here no that that's great you should you know fail before 40 that's why that's why it's okay to fail if if you're a young if you're a young guy or a young gal and you want to start your own business if you do it as young as possible because then if you fail like i just said if you if you fail before 40 you have plenty of time to restart and like rebuild everything who yep. cares and also uh, the other thing is uh no one cares that much about you you know what i mean oh, if God, if any one of my friends were failing right now one, I don't really know about it. Two, they could tell me, hey, by the way, uh, last year I lost my house. This happened, this happened. And now I'm back. And I'm like, oh, good for you, bud. <laughs> like, what, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen if you fail? You know, do you think people are just going to ostracize you and just say, oh, we don't want anything to do with you and shame you? I don't think so. Yeah. They're probably going to they're probably going to try to help you out in some kind of way. Yeah. What would be a fail? Like uh, the architecture firm fails. If our firm fail, I don't know. I don't know what people would say. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. You guys yeah, gave us well, you... it was a good run. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. You got what you did. You worked hard and failed. Yeah. But I don't know. All right. We what just, do you got? Yeah. We would just start another firm. Uh, so uh, what I, what I, what I like is that uh, I like Caleb was talking about inspiration. So if you're a design, if you're a creator, if you're a creative person and Caleb is because he, he wrote a book and he's, always, you know, he, and then he, I think he runs like a funny blog or something like that. Yes is uh, I, I took it more of in, gain inspiration by experience. So if you just, some, even just traveling, even just traveling. So I, I don't, I think you can get experience from, I, I agree and disagree with Caleb on that one, where it was, oh, you got to be sitting at the drafting board or sitting at the keyboard, because I think you can get designer block. There's, it isn't just writer's block. You can get designer block entirely. If you're trying to make a, a funny meme, uh, you're trying to draw something, you're trying to design whatever, I think you can get designer block. And for me, it's always, sometimes it's, okay, I just got to go for a hike or I got to go for a walk. And then all of a sudden, or 
I'm letting my brain relax at night and then I go, oh crap, that's it, perfect. And then I have, I literally have to get up and type it into my phone and that's the idea or run downstairs or jot it down or something yep. like that. And, and I think this advice is conditional on who you're around or who you are because there's many, many people who are on a walk, on a hike. Hey, I got this idea, I got this idea. And all they do is come up with ideas and they're never at the table drafting, drawing, writing it. So you know, you know what I mean? And that's where Caleb was saying is, Basically, hey, take your great idea, but until you put it down or until, you know, like you have to carve out that space to execute on that idea that might come when you're executing it, or it might come while you're turning everything in, into your head, trying to execute. And then your subconscious takes over when you're on the hike, but you need to carve out that time to actually do it or else your ideas are nothing, right? They're literally nothing. They're, yeah. they're just an idea. Yeah. yeah. They got to, I had that idea. I've yeah. said that before. I've it, had that idea. Exactly. Wasn't I driving with you yeah, yesterday or something like that? And I was like, I had that freaking idea. Yes, for- you did. You did. <laughs> and then, Three days and then, ago. And then you literally told me, well, yeah, you're, you should have done it then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Al. Yeah. That's it. Moving on to the <laughs> it's next. A great, it's a great yeah. point. Yeah. So thanks again, Caleb. And pick up his book. Go go check out uh, go check it out on Amazon. Yep. It's a great. There's somebody somebody I know did the cover, and it's it's all right. But the the book is original, <laughs> hilarious, and and awesome. And it is, I I, I hope it blows up. It it's out there. It's edgy. It's super cool. You need to read it. I do need to read it. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would. You'll be laughing if maybe. I would, what I would really like is if Caleb uh, recorded it on book on tape just for me. Ooh. Yeah. I'll pay him. Yeah, I'll pay him the nine ninety nine. Cordly, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, marketing. You've got some marketing advice to give us. Albert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, two, or a story. Uh, t- two stories. Uh, one from uh, a contractor, and 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 one from other. I was competing. I was competing with other architecture firms. You? Yes. All yes. Right. And I've been. What, on do, the you, what, do, you, what do you mean by contra competing? You mean? You mean a con you a contractor had you competing like he was he picked he had you bid on it and somebody else or what what are you talking about so the the competing was it was an owner and I he told me and there was other architects and at a meeting that actually times got mixed up and one of them was there while while we were there he didn't tell me about this. You were at that meeting. Oh, that meeting. Oh, yeah. those are other architects that showed up? Yes. Oh. Yeah, and that's why he apologized. Like, he apologized to me a couple times. Oh, he was I like, thought uh, that was something else. Yeah. Yeah. We beat the crap out of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, you know, we, we, we got the job. We won. He goes, I just, you know, you guys were clear, you know, straightforward and all that. And the other architect w- was basically laying out all the problems. All the go. problems. Yeah. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't solution. I see your problem. Here's how I can solve it. Here's yeah. what, here's what we'll do. We'll look into it. Gosh, how many, how often is it? How, how, if you, if just, I've learned to start telling people, Hmm, I don't know, but I'll look into it. And right. all that, that's more reassurance than other people are giving them on, for the most part, I feel like. Yeah. And, and, and I don't lie, um, to the clients. And I don't think, I don't think I sugarcoated it either. Maybe I, maybe I do sugarcoat because here, here's how I'll approach it is that, okay, you want to do this? Well, I'll tell them the process. You know, we're going to draft something up. We're going to go to the city. This might happen, right? The city might make us, um, put, put a air barrier around the whole thermal envelope. We might have to increase the, our value. And right now I don't know, but We'll figure that out. And yeah. then I just figured that out yesterday and we don't have to, right? Oh, good. But I don't go into into detail about all the issues because here's the problem when, when you're summarizing something 
is that you'll take a problem from one project, a problem from another project, a problem from another project, and say, yeah, this could go wrong, or this could go wrong, or this could go wrong. Normally, in a project, you know, you only get one of those stories. Do you think what when, I'm saying? Do you, do you think when when people, so another business owner is doing something like that, you know, where they're saying, just say it is an architect or a contractor, and they're saying, oh man, there's going to be this, this, and this. Do you think that they think in their heads that they're being helpful, or that they're because like they're showing their due diligence? Is the, there? I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. Yeah, I think they're trying to show their knowledge. Yeah, and I think they're trying to justify their fee. Ooh, that's that's pre- yeah. I would probably flip those around. Yeah, just in tor- in order of importance, I think they're yep. I think they're both right. But because because and the reason I say justify the fee is because at one time I was going into some issues and then I re- I checked in my head. I go, I'm doing this because I want to justify nah. my big fee that I'm, <laughs> I'm like ah, this is what they do. This is what it, we do. It, I calmed it down. I caught myself, but but still, yeah. Um, do you have any like any kind of way to balance? That, because sometimes it, just a regular residential client, I'll say, and know what? It depends on your guys's review time. You know, like the how long things take. So when I give you a set, uh, you know, some clients are very quick. Some clients take a while, but then give something. Some some clients, the husband and wife fight with each other. It takes two weeks. <laughs> you know, so I kind of list it out like that. But I don't go into everything. I don't go into like a contractor is going to mess up the foundation. <laughs> and you know everyone's gonna get pissed because everyone's gonna be pointing fingers at each other. Yeah, my rule of thumb for meetings for first meet and greets is, I'm I I stress it over and over again that to them is I say, treat me like a therapist today, and I'm here to I'm here to listen to you and I'm here to understand your problems so that I can solve them. And I just I just reiterate that over and over again. And okay. so that for me it works in yeah. in that regard. And I but I don't. I let them state all these concerns and problems, and then I just try to act like a therapist, writing them down and, yeah. and nodding my head and saying, "Yeah, sure, we'll take a look at it. Sure, we can solve that." And, and you know, and then and then a funny joke I always have is they say like, "So what do you think? Do you think we can? Do you think we can do this?" And I'll go, "Hey, we can do anything with enough money. It's not, it's not an issue." <laughs> you know, and then they always laugh and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know. I just try. To, I I never try to take a meeting and head it in a weird, negative way to show off my knowledge. Or anything like that. I don't even try to. I don't even try to give out too much knowledge either, because I think there's something to be said about you know you've seen it on these threads and maybe there's uh, or you've read it before where they say, well, <clears throat> should a first meeting be free if you're giving out knowledge? Because like, isn't that aren't you giving out valuable information that's worth something? Yeah. So I'm I'm I, I try to just steer away from that and, and give and not give them any serious um, information that might. Uh, aid them in like, okay, well, we got this from, we met with, let's say we met with three architects yeah. and we got X, X, B or X, Y, and Z from each one. Yep. And then if I've given out a bunch of information, right. And then they decide, well, I'm just going to take the information from the, from these other two and then hire the third one. Like I'm kind of giving them stuff for free. I don't think I should do that. Right. Right. Yeah. And especially too, any information that's worthwhile is almost worth double checking. You yeah. Know, well, especially in our, because of where we live, we don't just do work in one county or one city. Um, maybe that's true. Like I'm thinking about my hometown. Yeah, I probably only do work in Rochester. But man, it's Boulder, Fort Collins, it's Denver, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood. It, it, it's all over the place. So any big city, you, you must be doing work all over. So the place. Be- besides besides this, a new client telling yeah. you, hey, I picked you because 
So he told you why? Again, just reiterate for me. Oh, clear, concise, and on the ball. On the ball. Yeah. And just it, not a not a point and problem making problems. Yeah. And the the other thing is that contractor that I really really like trying to get him to be the contractor for this house. I sent him an email. This is a different email. Different different project. Different project. Um, hey, contact this client. I told them you'd be contacting them. And then three, four days later, I said, hey, how did it go? It's like, oh, I didn't understand if you wanted me to call them or not or whatever. And my, as a default for the people listening, if someone gives an introduction or a telephone number or whatever, and maybe the email isn't that clear, I think you should assume if you're in the business of making sales that you should contact that person. <laughs> and, and, and maybe I wasn't the most clear. Within 24 hours, right? Yeah, yeah, within 24 hours. Maybe I wasn't the most, maybe I didn't say it as clearly as I thought in, in that email. But I wanted to bring that up because there might be other people thinking, because I see it on, on forms and stuff like, how do I carve out a niche or how do I start out or something like that? Well, one, just be responsive and engage engage your default should be in, to engage mm-hmm. um and then two i think it's talking about you what what you just said is that engage with a clear head without an agenda it's just trying to help them out just not trying to try, help them out not trying to throw roadblocks just trying to help them out you're just trying to understand their goals and then but the think, only time i do yeah. bring up any negative stuff is if i i just flat out tell them like hey you know right now we're about we're, we're booking new clients six weeks to two months out for the first time ever and it's like weird tricky waters that we've never tried you know we've never had to do before but that's the one thing as i kind of burst their bubble and i said like well i really want to work on you know i'd really like to do your project but i can't do it for x amount of time and then the other the other thing is i give them absolute realistic expectations which are sometimes blown out of proportion about how long the city's going to take for us to get a permit um but if i set up those terrible expectations then if we if we if we can move faster or the city moves faster, then it's a win win in the end. So I think it's a fail safe way. Yeah. Do you ever think about conversations and boil it down to just simply positive or negative statements? Give me an example. Uh, fishing with the guys. Okay. Guys are ripping on each other. Yes. Right. And then at sometimes like it will focus on one person just for half a day. Half a day, just tear into that person. And a lot of times it's. Um, if a negative statement comes, let's say we're making fun of you, Lance, for whatever reason. Good. Yep. <laughs> it depends on if we go, stupid Lance can't even catch a fish. Yeah. Right? If you just shot back a negative statement, it could go two ways. One, it could just increase the attacks. Or two, it could be so harsh that it kind of shuts that person and down. It, and it doesn't become fun anymore. Yeah. Or it could, you could positively add on to that. Can't catch a fish, can't, and then just say, can't even tie my shoe or, or something. Or else people will deflect and then say, you know, I can't oh, catch I a see. fish, but so, look so, at P- Perry so, over so, there. Can't even sit up. Yeah. You know? So like negative for a negative or positive for a positive, even if it's a negative comment. Or, yeah. Or even just uh, adding up those positives and negatives and see. So sometimes I'll be. Oh, I'll yeah. Because you, you're still doing addition. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes, you know, I'll sit back um, and just watch conversations and say, okay, who's doing plus minuses? Who, you know, what's going? And if if someone's just sitting there, just doing negative, 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 you can almost feel like that that person right now is, feels like it's dishing out, but it's coming back. You know, it's coming back. And what that relates to is your interactions when you're trying to sell. You know, if you're throwing up negatives or roadblocks, and the other another architect seller comes up and they're throwing out positives, like. 
who's going to win that? Who's going to win that? And it's that's just boiling clear, down to it's a clear choice. Simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, cool. So get get back to people within 24 hours. Uh, be a, be a listener and a helper, not a and a problem solver, not a, not a, not a negative Nancy. Yeah. Nobody likes negative Nancys. Yeah. Or here, just to add on to that, if you have to bring up real things, and maybe it's not the first meeting, it's the second meeting, like this will happen. Then what you said, yeah, we can solve that or we have solved that before, right? Exactly. That's what you and do. Sure. Yep. yep. Oh, man. Is it bestie time? Oh, best friend. All Nick right. reads. Nick reads. Here he says go. something special is going to happen. Oh, good. That's what I want. I, hopefully, he says something to both of us this time. Yeah. Instead of just going back and forth. Okay. Here we go. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. I know I did. I spent some time today liberating chicken wings. Man, are they tasty. A reading. Daily improvements. Building a great firm is not achieved by one superheroic act. Instead, every day you must focus on being better. By concentrating on daily improvements to your business practices, you will be able to keep ahead of your competition and do your best work. Commitment to excellence. Let's face it. To be great takes commitment. You will find no easy way to avoid it. While you will be able to quickly absorb the basic principles of growing a business, you will spend years of hard work in pursuit of excellence to master these skills and to spread them throughout your firm. Once again, the wisdom of Art Gensler. Al, okay, you may be able to disqualify us, but you cannot stop us from doing the Lombardo. And Lance, as you know, that's the forbidden dance. Toodles! I'll just agree. <laughs> I, I can't as stop. A, I do know that, Nick. I do know that. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll tango for sure. Uh, what, what's your take on this? Uh, improvement never stops. It is, it's such a basic, obvious observation, right? Never stops every day. Yeah, every day. Like just just earlier, right before we even started podcasting today, I was I was sitting down with one of our employees and trying to help him work through a piece of content that we we're gonna make better. And then I forgot to tell him this, but like, oh, okay, after we solve this problem, then we should put that in the template, so then we never have to do it oh. again because then we're improving the template. Let's write that down. We should by the way. write that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it goes back to good to great, pushing the flywheel, right? Yeah. Immediately, you know, it's hard when you're doing it, but when you gain up steam, and I, I think it. What I liked about it so much was to know that it, years, it could take years and years and years to truly ingrain this, not in yourself, not just in yourself, in your soul, but then to have that be an example that other people can see so it, it perforates through, you know, your your whole firm. Um, so keep getting after it, I'd say. Yeah, and and so where I thought you were going with that was is – I thought you were going with it like it, it takes years of clawing to kind of get to a plateau or at least on uh, up up on the upper part of the hill so you can start, you know, actually doing some stuff. I mean, how long did it take us? How long how long were we st- we starved for four years through, yeah. you know, four or five years before before we started eating a little bit like we got we, we before we could order dessert. That's <laughs> yeah, the, that's the way I'd say it. Yep. Um. So, you know, don't stop. Don't give up every, every single day and then try to try to. I I don't think it's bad either. Do you do you ever think it's do you hate do you, what do you think when people say, um, don't look back on don't reflect back on your accomplishments? Like, shouldn't you at some point though to give yourself a little bit of a hey, 
like what if you're having a really crap day and you isn't it good to remember good things that you've done or, or little I, milestones? I think you have to. I just don't think dwell on them. Yeah, especially if you're having low self-esteem or something like that. And I would say I do it infrequently, but I think it's useful. So I think it was a couple, couple months ago. I looked at what I just accomplished this year from, I don't know, for some reason I was, I listened, I was like, holy cow, I did a lot so far, you know? Yeah. Um, and and everyone, everyone has that if you take the time to reflect and really look at, at, at what you're doing. Um, I would say just don't rest on them. There's something to... Don't sit on, yeah. Yeah, there's something to cheer you up for the, the time being, but but that's it. You got it. Um, are you ready to where culture counts? Oh, is that something else? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, tell me about what culture counts. Have, when, where? When. Where culture counts. When. What is this about, Al? So, have you heard big business people say like, oh, our key is our culture? Google. Okay. Just Google. And what do you think of that? <sighs> say, say, tell me one more time. So, so just a big company, and you like, know, or, or, um, you know, what's the benefit of working here is that we have a great culture or I just, yeah. Nike, Nike, it's a, Nike started that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's hundred percent important because I think that's what we try to do at our firm is build a culture that is, I was just talking to the guys, uh, yesterday, I think you were at a meeting or something and they were like, I was like, can you guys believe it's Friday tomorrow? And they're like, they're like, um, no, it, the weeks just fly by here. And I'm like, do you guys remember those crappy jobs that you had before where you were just like sitting there on a Monday and you couldn't, you were like, I can't believe it's only 2 p.m. Right. So that's why it matters, I think, for one reason. I think so, too. We were driving back from a meeting. I dropped off a guy because he's going to work at home. I go, man, can't wait for, for, we have gangster rap Friday. So (laughs) that's what it was. But the the term was always aloof to me. So I want to explore this. And then I just found out why it's so key. So on Jocko podcast, of course, he was uh, look. At, he was interviewing what's his name? Look, it says so right there. Read it off. I don't have the listen. Peter Atia. Yep, Peter Atia. Atia. I think it's pronounced Atia. Okay. So this guy's just a, a doctor and a scientist and stuff like that. So it wasn't about just war. Just a doctor. And oh, a scientist. <laughs> it wasn't about war, which is Jocko's yeah. mainly about. And he said, "What happens when someone comes in with cancer or anything like that?" when the family comes in with them, two things can happen. If they're a tight family, they'll get even tighter. If they're a fractured family, they will fracture Ooh, completely. Yeah. And Jocko, Jocko said, in war, same thing. If, if a guy comes over and his marriage was tight, they're going to be tighter. If it was fractured, fractured family, it's just going to blow up. So think about, so it kind of clicked in my head, the culture that you're building now is not just for now. It's great for now. But when those tough time comes, yeah, is your firm going to be tighter or is it just going to blow up? Yeah. And then is it going to blow up? Not just like blow up where people go their own way, but then do you have a bunch of negatives out in the workforce? You know, like, ah, oh, yeah, that was terrible. Or yeah, that firm sucks. Or, you know, like they, they just didn't do this. Maybe, they didn't listen to Maybe it. they become your competitor. Exactly. Exactly. So listening to that, it clicked more to me and I'm just going to throw out there like what we do for culture and we try to have our two parties and summer we kind of failed this year. We went to a football game, stuff like that. Um, and winter we'll have our party and we have our fun and we have our Fridays. But if there's anything you either want to say to other firms or think that maybe we can do to make it tighter or, or, or if I'm hitting you with a curveball that you have no thoughts on. So my suggestion is if Try to recognize 
this this is this would be unsolicited advice for for anybody else who has a small firm and is a young small firm too, or, or it doesn't matter no, actually. Yeah, it could be any uh, firm. Anybody who w- wants to try to better their culture in their firm and 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 uh, foster a really tight knit family in their firm is try to recognize when um, a tradition comes up organically, and then you make it a tradition that happens all the time. So our so our the example I'll give you is from Alex and I is when we were just working out of his apartment slash that's our garage story is every Friday Alex and I would go play basketball with our friends for about an hour and then um, go get Sonic shakes exactly and then we and then we, we and it was like it, it was genuinely uh, I mean it was a lot of exercise you're, you're running up and down the court for for an hour we burned a lot of calories and then we always felt like okay now we deserve crappy fast food yep. Uh, because we'd also eat eat good all week. So once we started to get employees, we we never tried to push. Um, okay, let's all go play basketball or anything like that. Yeah. But what, but what we did, what we, but we did find that the other thing we Alex and I would do just with our by ourselves when it was just he and I was we would play basketball and then we'd also listen to rap music. And so then we call it like Gangster Rap Friday. So like it'd be like Ice Cube and Friday, right? And that's that's kind of where it came from. So then once once we got employees, that's kind of what our Fridays have turned into is now we have like a separate pra- playlist and it's called Gangster Rap Friday and anybody can add any kind of rap music that they like, that they grew up with, new stuff or whatever. And then we always take the firm out to eat. So I really like that it's grown. It was started from our, an organic place and now we've fostered it into, okay, every Friday. And now every, everybody looks forward to Fridays even more when they come and they're fun Everybody yeah. kind of is dressed down as as well, right? Like yeah. I'm in my shorts and you're in your jeans and jeans and shirt and stuff like that. So I, those are the best kind of traditions, don't you think? The ones that start organically. That and then I would say from our tradition of going out to eat and, and doing that is that you get to know everyone that you're working with. And then you can start to see their personalities and you can tailor conversation or gifts to, oh, this person really values family. And maybe religion. This person really, uh, or maybe they hate something. Maybe they hate Planet Fitness. And then, so for your birth, exactly. so for their birthday, you make mock Planet Fitness gifts and give it to them. Yep. and they love it. And then they really feel like, oh my god, I have like a little family here. This is great. Yep. Or that person might like tools or whatever. Yeah. You know. Um. So then, I I think then you can personally connect, and then think of if you're a leader, if you think about your employees as under you. I don't think you're thinking about leadership right because how I view it is literally they're helping me. Exactly. They're doing st- like I have a huge project. The project came in, got the project. Oh, now I need to do this. Hey, can you help me do this? Can you draw up this? Can you design this house? Because I got another project too and, and I don't have time. So they're helping you. So then what I feel because recipi- we have m- mirror neurons, so I want to help them. And then hopefully that feeds them. Then they want to help me. And they, so that's that's a sort of a philosophical, non-concrete answer. Um, but I think that that's where your mind needs to be when you're developing this co- culture. Is that get to know them and realize that yeah, they're helping you. How can you, you foster? Uh, how can you foster not just an environment, but like a, a thing you a routine or something that you guys do that enables you guys to l- learn each more about each other? Yep. Right. Yep. And then how can you help them? And helping them might not be doing work for them. It might be doing red lines so that they understand what's going on mm-hmm. so that they can help you. Help me help you. Help me help you. Yeah. Are you ready to continue your streak? 
Of oh, I thought you were saying it of nailing contracts, but yeah, I can crush these code questions if you want. All right, here we go. Good. I only I have two easy ones for you, and uh, you should get them. Come on now. Okay, here we go. So we're still in chapter twenty-five, gypsum board, gypsum panel, products, and plaster. Okay, twenty-five one five dot one dot two. Weep screeds. Weep screeds. Provided at or below the foundation plane. Sorry. Foundation plate lines shall be placed at a minimum of how many inches above the earth? So like a weep screed that would be at the bottom of an exterior wall for, say, stucco. Okay. How many inches, a minimum of how many inches above the earth? I want to say four. Correct. Woo! Okay, a follow-up question is uh, how many inches above grade if it is right above paving? Asphalt, sidewalk. Two? Two. Sweet. Street continues, my friend. <laughs> 100%. Today was a short episode, but I want to thank everybody for uh, liking the podcast, checking it out. Uh, follow us on the Twitter. Follow us on the Facebook. Write to us with questions, any kind of questions you have. Share it with your friends. Uh, please leave us a review. If you leave us a review on iTunes, uh, you know, if you leave a, a two-star review, put five stars right on top of that. That'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, you can email me at akg at f9productions.com. Thanks for getting after it. Uh, talk to you all later. See you.